There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to The Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by The Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, CEO and founder, and I am honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through paying it forward and giving back. Ethical business owners and holistic healers who are determined to create collective change in the world. Once we have a change in consciousness and through collective change, we can become one. My next guest was recommended by Sam Scrivere from Ministry of Waste, who featured previously on The Ethical Evolution. Her mission to help Indonesia to manage their waste collided with the need to have sustainable clean drinking water, which is where my next guest comes in. Jerome Van Overbeek is the founder of Social Impact, with a K, based in Bali, Indonesia. He went from a high-flying global corporate career to finding a need to make impact and help others in need. He moved to Bali in 2013 and created Social Impact with a vision to ensure everyone everywhere had access to safe and affordable technologies within their homes. The mission is to bring simple, eco-friendly, life-changing and enhancing technologies like water filters and solar lamps to remote areas and urban centres in Bali and East Indonesia. Social Impact also aims to create micro-business opportunities with these technologies. A simple water filtration system in a bucket purifies undrinkable water into safe, clean drinking water that lasts for up to three years. This initiative and economical opportunities it creates is saving lives in Indonesia. After tuning into this conversation, I'm sure you will want to contribute to social impact and save lives too. Welcome, Jerome, to The Ethical Evolution. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you for the welcoming. (laughs) You are so welcome. Now, can you tell us a bit about you and your background and who you are? Yeah, so uh, my name is Jerome. I'm originally from the Netherlands. I'm based in Bali, Indonesia. Uh, and I'm a, well, I'd say I'm an ex-corporate executive turned social entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm uh, supplying uh, clean water on the island here and not just in Bali, but different islands of uh, Indonesia with a very simple water filtration system. So improving access to clean water in uh, remote areas. I uh, just decided to, yeah, change my life a couple of years ago, like six, seven years ago. And uh, used to live and work in Asia in my corporates before in China. And I was missing Asia and decided to come back uh, to Asia and do something a bit different, let's say, with maybe more meaning. So uh, that's how I started my company called Social Impact with a K. Yep. And um, because, yeah, in Indonesian, uh, impact is Dampak with a K. So we... Just making it a bit easier. So, it's, um, so that's uh, what I'm basically doing now uh, in beautiful Bali. Lovely, and I I love it when entrepreneurs take things to a level where they actually help the community, and um, and that's exactly what you're doing there in Bali. Now, 
can you tell us about your mission um, with your water filtration systems? Yeah, so, so, so basically, uh, unlike in the West or in Australia or in, uh, let's say, more developed countries, you can't really drink water from the tap here. Mm. Uh, so it, it's not uh, possible, basically. So people have either to buy water, uh, what most of the people do, especially in urban contexts in cities, but then in the countryside, uh, this might uh, be too expensive. So mm. um, people would boil water, take from a water source, from a, a well, or from uh, if water comes from the mountain, if they live in the mountain, and then uh, they would boil that water to make it uh, drinkable. So, but this has a cost for sure. Mm. Uh, in some remote areas, people still boil on uh, not just on gas but also on wood, so it releases a lot of CO two and smoke. Mm. Um, so, my my mission is basically with my system to. Uh, basically uh, avoid this, make people save money. Number one, that's the most important factor for them because they don't need to, um, let's say, buy the gas, boil the water, or even go and get wood. Sometimes buy wood or go and get wood far in the forest and it's taking long hours to collect wood. Uh, so basically they can just like just pour water from any source, uh, like, uh, well, except seawater, except water from the sea, but... Basically, uh, fresh water, any type of fresh water can be poured in our uh, buckets and just went, goes through a small filtration system, like it's a ceramic filter candle, I call it. And then uh, and you pour it in the top bucket, goes through the candle, the small holes, and comes down in the bottom bucket, and it's, it's uh, safe to drink. So uh, this is my, my, my main uh, mission. Um, I've been doing that for about... Uh, six years now mm-hmm. and uh, it's, uh, it's there's a lot of um, especially in let's say in the uh, remote parts of remoter parts of Indonesia and the villages even in East Bali where it's quite poor actually uh, but also other islands like in the east where I'm doing a lot of work like uh, um, Lombok, Flores, Sumba all these islands which are more eastern Indonesia uh, there's a lot of uh, education to do about it also so that's a mm-hmm. uh, it's it's not an easy job, but uh, I love it because for me, it's just like um, a vehicle. Uh, this product is just a vehicle. It's just like an excuse or a way to enter and talk about, uh, let's say, hygiene. Well, I talk a lot about it now for sure with COVID, with washing your hands and things mm. like that. But in, in general, uh, also, um, yeah, uh, about why, why it's a better idea. Uh, it's just not the economic factor, but also the environmental factor. Mm. Uh, and talk about these things, uh, reducing plastic, because we reduce plastic bottle use uh, with our filter. People can just drink from a glass or from a tumbler, and they just don't need uh, to buy plastic bottles. So that's, that's another aspect where we come in and try, let's say, to... Uh, um, bring awareness about about the the let's say the advantages and the good things about using a simple product like that yeah and you know when i was talking to um sam scrivey who's a friend of yours uh she was on the podcast yeah. she made it really clear that you know people in indonesia um, regardless of where they're located they don't have that awareness of the fact that all this plastic and all the burning and pollution is actually you know polluting the environment so they they don't have that awareness. All, all it is for them is survival. And I think what you're enabling there is actually minimising some of that 
uh, pollution and also giving them healthy, clean drinking water. So how are they finding it when you go into the communities and you explain to them, here's this plastic bucket, um, this is going to give you clean drinking water? How do they, how do they react? Uh, well, I mean, um, it, it's it, it's not a, something they have seen. So it's exactly, that's mm. exactly the reaction. That's a very good question. I mean, it's just... Uh, I, I, I love to, you know, for me, it's like uh, speak a couple of languages and I always come in. I mean, so I speak a local language and I always come in with humor because I say, oh, it's coming from another planet. It's coming from the moon. It's yeah. Nothing. yeah. So that's how I start just to make them uh, uh, like just to break the ice and basically also to, to say, look, it's something you've never seen. But let me explain to you. Uh, how, how it works and then I say look it's not to to store some crackers you know because Indonesia loves to store yeah. crackers in these big buckets in what we call the krupuk here no, no no it's not a it's not a, a cracker storage place it's the water filter yeah. and just water yeah uh, it's not an alcohol filter also things <laughs> like that but we we, we we start with these kind of conversations and um, um, because yes we've never really seen it and the the the, the, the the point is there is ways also to introduce it, you know. So, well, number one, I'm a foreigner, and uh, so I will never really like. They will, for sure, trust me in a, in a certain way. But I mean, it's the best thing is to have the buy-in from the local community and the local leaders. Huh? I'm mm. talking about influencers in the village. I'm not yeah. talking about mm. any social media, Instagram people, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's say the real world. Sorry. Yeah. The, <laughs> the real world in the village. Uh, there are leaders. There are religious leaders. There are uh, head of villages they are people who have influence uh, in a certain part of the village so this is the people to convince first so um i have just tried that you know i've done a one and a half year uh pilot what i call my pilot to make sure okay, i had a great idea but will this work this is maybe just my dream even if the product costs uh, around let's say uh, 20 us dollar uh, per, per unit, it, it can represent about a, a third of the monthly salary for a farmer. Mm. So it's still, a, it's still an investment. So you need to make sure that they understand the value of it and uh, uh, that they can see the benefits. Mm. And, and these people are not necessarily educated in a way like they have not been to school long. And um, you can't talk in, oh, you're going to save like $50 a year. They don't understand the concept. You have to tell them what they're going to save in the next two or three days or one week to make mm. it like, uh, uh, let's say, uh, uh, at, the, uh, at the time scale they're used to and mm. how they calculate things. So all these things I've learned and I've met a lot of village leaders. I've met a lot of schools. I've been to a lot of schools, actually. And uh, I even created like a reseller networks in the village, mainly women. Yep. Uh, up to, uh, at, uh, in my pilot phase, I've created a network up to 30 women in East Bali reselling. I felt I was very proud of that. It was not wow. an easy task, but we, we uh, you know, with patients and with my colleague, I, I had one colleague with me. Um, we we're doing uh, basically these meetings of the women every month in the village and we were introducing the product and then creating some ed, uh, interest, awareness, and then like for sure, they can't necessarily pay for the product on the spot. So starting with a consignment system where basically I would have a lady in the village in charge who would be ready to uh, promote the product and also, uh, yeah, I mean, earn for sure something on it. So it's just creating an additional income. Uh, and, and, and then she would like basically uh, uh, promote it to her colleagues and then people can buy whenever they feel like. Uh, and then when she gets the money, she would pay me. So it, it, it's... It, it's uh, like a kind of a microfinance system I've been setting up myself uh, with my mm. own 
uh, investment, let's say, uh, in, in this. And this was working quite well. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a matter of time for sure. You need to, there are some people who are more active than others, but once they understand the benefits and also that they can earn a bit of money out of it, for sure, uh, it, it works. So it's all about the explanation and, and trying to first go to this, as I said, to these people who, who have an influence in the village and they use it first. It's, a, it's like a two-step approach. When they use it, the lighter product, and then, hey, why don't you promote a new community? And then it's a virtuous circle because they introduce a very simple but good technology and then they get their leadership gets reinforced. So it's, it's, it's a good thing. It's, um, so this is like what I learned in, in my, 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 uh, let's say my pilot phase of the first one and a half years. I was doing this and uh, I got a lot of things out of that and this, this can be replicated uh, in many places. You just need to find the people and also let's say, yeah, there are some people who can uh, take care of the network or can come back and basically uh, check it out and how, how the filter works and, and maybe get some additional sales and things like that. What an excellent model. Um, how many people do you reckon you've reached in Indonesia now? Oh, I'm um, like, like with my own little sales, let's say my own uh, reach out around 300,000 people wow. uh, are drinking from, let's say, uh, the filter. Um, you know, I, I, I came also, yeah, I mean, to, I mean, my vision and what I want to do is basically reach every family. I know it's very, in the like next five to 10 years. So it's a very ambitious one, but I want like that. Um, you know, people tell me, but well, not everybody has that. Yeah. Well, yes. Well, welcome. You're, they say, like, can Indonesia come here? Thank you. Yeah, you can come and please help me. Yeah. No problem. Easier said than done for sure, because it's not. It's just that it's not in the mindset and of the people and they have not seen this. So this was this is my whole uh, job is to bring this product to the last, what we call the last mile to to these people who would never normally see that product. Um, if yeah, so 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 that's exactly the, the the whole point. I mean, it's like getting more and more people. So I'm quite happy also because when I when I I also sell in the in the cities. I mean, the south in the big centers in Bali, like like in Denpasar, in yeah. uh, well, Changu, Changu, Seminyak, Ubud. Uh, Sonora, where I live. Uh, like the good thing is, I also have resellers and shops who resell the product now more and more. I have more than 15 shops. And what I can see is like there's a clear shift since I started. I mean, it's not just the expat community uh, who generally know a bit more about filtration systems because they've seen their own country. But like now, I have like 60, 70% of my, um, let's say, customers in urban context are um, locals still now. So it's really very, very good because that's exactly the point. That's why I'm here, you know. Mm. I love to sell to, to expats. I mean, no, no big deal about that. They <laughs> are customers like any others. But my, my goal is mainly to reach the, 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 the local people. And um, with, with your actual – so basically they're like a bucket and they have the filter in them. Um, how, what's the life, life of one of those? How long would one of those last? Yeah, so the, the most important part is the uh, ceramic filter, so the, the stone, the actual stone where the water goes through and inside there is some carbon yep. uh, also, which is the filtration system, a bit like a Brita system. Mm. Um, so these last uh, exceptionally long, they last three years. So it's like three years lifetime. Oh, wow. And, and basically, uh, as I said, the whole like set with a bucket is around 20 US dollars. Um, but then if you change the, let's say the little filter itself, the stone, it's only eight, nine US dollars for, for that stone. 
uh, after after three years. So it's a very it's a lot of value for money. It's basically uh, it's like uh, thirty times cheaper than buying branded water. Yep. And even if you buy, because sometimes people buy non-branded water, like more cheaper water kind of stuff, mm. uh, but it's still 10 times cheaper. Uh, so, so, so again, it's a no-brainer, but you need to explain and educate because people don't know about it. It's just as simple as that. They, they've heard a bit, but they're not too sure. And then there's the whole, you need to convince them because you play, I mean, you, you work on health and people don't necessarily believe you mm. and believe that the thing is, oh, it's too good to be true kind of thing. So when we have, for sure, we have lab tests and we have different ways to, to show them that it is um, uh, safe and, and no problem and, you know, uh, but still there's that, that convincing work. So again, it depends on the people. Some people get it very fast and well, believe in it, buy it, no, no brainer. Some people will take some time to think and you have questions and here and there and that's okay. I mean, uh, and I, my approach is um, like more about look happy to you know, like to, to convince you about it. But I mean, I'm never going to force you. I mean, I mean, if I feel people are really adverse, it's, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, you don't need, you don't need to, to, to convince everyone. I mean, that's it. It's just like everybody has his own thinking about it. And when I see it's too complicated, a person is too adverse. I just, I give up, but I just say, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's fine. I mean, this is your choice. Yeah. I have tell, told you this, this you can use. Um, so the good thing is not that many people, but still a few, but uh, we're getting more and more acceptance and I'm happy because, yeah, in, in, especially here where I live, I mean, a lot of the product is very visible now with all the work I've done. So it's just going to grow. It's that's the future. Excellent. excellent. And what would you say in, in setting up um, social impact uh, what would you say has been your biggest challenge and how have you overcome it? Um, yeah, it was, um, I mean, I think, yeah, I talked a bit about it. It's more about the, uh, okay, when there's the company set up and things like that, like in any country, sometimes it takes a bit longer. Now it's much, much faster yeah. than it used to be when they arrived, but these are just technical and admin things. Uh, that's one thing. But then the, the, the other point is more, uh, again, bringing a very new technology is what I just said about, about convincing the people. And, 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 and really, I mean, I, I love it because I always say I start from very down the ground, from low, 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 because why it's on nobody's radar and why would I change my habits? You know, it's really about a behavioral change and things like that. So this is where the main challenge is yeah. uh, because it's not an easy product, but um, it's so rewarding because when you see what we can achieve, um, especially also in disaster relief situations. Mm. So, um, I mean, I didn't come for that, but unfortunately Indonesia is prone to a lot of disasters, volcanoes, mm. earthquakes. Now we have an economic disaster, mm. especially in Bali uh, with no tourists coming in. Uh, with the COVID and the pandemic, but um, I've been sucked into these things and been, I'm not saying against my will, but it's just my product was so useful that I couldn't just sit here and do nothing and, and not be involved. So uh, I started with the volcano in Bali 2017. We had uh, Mount Agung was blowing a bit and there was no really dead people, but people had to move to down the slopes of the mountains and go to our villages and live in kind of camps or in like in the main place of the other village. And so there's a lot of people sleeping in the same place, not many toilets, a, a, a communal kitchen, things like that. So our filters were quite useful at that time. Yeah. And uh, I remember I set up more than 1,000, 1,500 units in different camps. It was end of 17, early 18. And then 
in 2018, a horrible earthquake struck on our neighboring island. We felt it a lot too uh, in Lombok. And uh, this was the start of a crazy, crazy story where I set up a whole team uh, um, of, of people, the storage uh, for my filters and working with a lot of organizations and aid organizations and NGOs, training them on my product to, to distribute them and raise a lot of money actually. Uh, put more than 6,000 units on Lombok and then we had this tsunami in Palu, which is Sulawesi, which is the month later, we put 1,000 units there. So it was just, the end of 18 was just crazy. Um, raised a lot of money, actually, uh, just for for Palu and Lombok was $160,000 US. Um, so you become a, a disaster relief specialist. Um, the, the thing is with our product, we still need to explain how it works and do a little training. So I was very, very hard on that. It took it takes time. It takes a bit of um, people need to understand how, how it works. It's basically how to assemble the product, how to clean it, how the maintenance. So this is like um, what I'm doing a lot also now with COVID uh, because we give these filters away to these very poor communities. But the same thing, we've never seen it. So we need to do that explanation. That's the most time-consuming thing. But it's a must, and that's what I'm doing. I'm very strict on these things. I remember in Lombok, people would, would have to tell me where the filters are, where they've distributed them, if they wanted to get some new ones, even if they would pay them. I said, no, 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 you just fill in my Google sheet. I need to know where they are, contact number, so I can make sure that there's some follow-up and people understand how, how, to, u- how to use them. So um, can't do it all by myself. It's incredible. I've worked with many, many, many people there. And uh, yeah, so totally now also with uh, the, the COVID, I've, I've set up a fundraiser and uh, raised 30,000 US uh, already. Uh, actually, I'm a bit above that, maybe closer to 35,000 in over a couple of months, which is good. It's about 1,500, 1,600 units, uh, $20 for a unit. So then uh, it's, it's, again, it's to execute it is the hardest and the longest let's say work, basically going on the field and find the people really in need. So we touch a lot of people here. I mean, there's so much poverty right now. I mean, it's, it's kind of uh, mind-blowing. I mean, I, I live in Vizina. I've seen a lot of stuff, but now um, it's getting harder and harder, and especially these days after three, four months of no tourists, mm-hmm. of uh, no income. So we're doing what we can to alleviate. I mean, uh, for me, it's just basically people don't have a cost on water when they get the filter, so they're very happy. They don't need to buy water. Uh, they also get food from other organizations. We, we, we work together. Um, so the, the question is also to make them more sustainable in the long term. So not just giving them food, but also like some seeds or things that they can grow vegetables, especially people who don't have access to, uh, let's say, to, to fields or to, to, uh, to farmland or whatever in, in the cities. Because this is what is the, the main thing right now, the main the main complicated thing for, for these people. So it's a supply chain problem, how they can get these vegetables so they have to grow them themselves. And my product is great because, I mean, as I said, it can use three years or more So before you need to change uh, the filter. So it's it's a long-term sustainable product. So we, we're really trying to empower people mm. to basically go through this crisis because we nobody knows how long this will last. And that's probably something, you know, us in the, the Western world don't think about, you know, like uh, I sit here every day and I drink filtered water and, and, you know, water is what we need for survival. And these people are suffering such poverty that just getting bottled water is almost impossible. So uh, with the work that you're doing, you're saving lives. 
Yeah, yeah, we do. I mean, uh, I, I do, yeah. I mean, uh, I always like, I like to say I'm not a doctor, but I save lives. And um, actually, uh, I saw it with my real eyes because you, 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 sometimes you see these things and you know it. I mean, the reason I started is very simple. I mean, uh, uh, in water is because I saw, I read horrible statistics in the world. So I was, okay, what can I do? I mean, I'm an ex-corporate guy. I've done a bit of a, yeah, experience. I've run this big businesses, organizations in the food and pharma industry at the time, in ingredients more. I said, okay, what can I do? Okay, I'm I'm not two things. I was back in Europe at the time. I was missing Asia, and I said, okay, there's so many issues in the world. Start to read a few things on UNICEF, on the world, and water was just incredible. So basically, yeah, simply every two minutes, a child dies from waterborne diseases, from diarrhea or something similar in the world. Uh, in Indonesia, twenty-seven thousand kids. Um, and there are about um, like uh, 35 million people still in this country out of 100, sorry, 260 million. So it's about 13, 13 percent, 113, 13, uh, who don't have access to clean drinking water. So there's all these things. And then there's also the people who don't have access to, uh, basically, who don't have proper sanitation or, or toilets. These numbers are even a bit higher. So... I'm just like fighting against this, you know, and I saw my own eyes in Lombok. I mean, I went to a village one day. I'm actually writing a story on this right now for another organization. We talk about this and just about storytelling, but it's, it's a real thing. Like uh, I came to a village, uh, uh, I think it was a month and a half after the earthquake on top of the hills where it's like a lot of things were destroyed. Nothing was standing much anymore in the northwest of Lombok. A lot of rumble, uh, like, you know, like, um, uh, stone and rumbles and metal and all these houses fell down. Um, and then this village, I mean, we're so happy to see us because we were out of the main road and we, we, it was quite difficult access. And then two, two babies had died. And I thought, oh, man, I couldn't sleep that night. I mean, I said I could have saved them. But I mean, that's life. But there were three other babies who were is also quite sick and one in a critical condition. We saved them. So at least like then, okay, now that night I said, okay, I've done my job. I know I'm doing this because then you really feel and see it. And um, in Mataram, which is the capital city of Lombok, was quite uh, struck also by earthquakes. Um, there were statistics from NGOs, like 40% of people got diarrhea after the earthquake in the first month. So we were just bringing that thing. And I remember one village guys came to us and said, hey, how come these guys, uh, our neighboring villages, all safe? And uh, we are we're still suffering from diarrhea where they have the filters. So we want that too. So it's like an obvious thing, but in these like situations where there's where it's very hard to get clean water, and we with our fields you can just pour anything there, even dirty river water or water from your gutter, you wouldn't do it, but you could. I mean, that what were people doing to make sure that they wouldn't get sick. So um, yeah, I mean, yes, it's important work, and uh, it's just a matter of uh, being aware of it. But then it's also yeah, just educating people about it. That's the main thing, you know. That's my. I'm I'm super happy because I have a fantastic product. It's for me it's just as I said I think earlier, it's just a vehicle. And I work with a lot of different organizations, plastic production, like with salmon that we mentioned, that's how we know each other. Um people who are, who are doing compost, who are doing uh different good actions and in terms of for the environment, because the the, the whole point is basically uh bringing awareness uh on all these issues. And uh I'm very um how can I say? Uh, very, very hopeful for Indonesia because I mean, it's, it's. I've been here seven years now, and it's incredible country. I mean, it's one of the youngest country in the world. I didn't even know I knew it was high, but then uh, last year I got to 
was confirmed to me that 62% of the population here is below 30 years old. So it's huge. It has a huge potential. Wow. And also with social, social media, uh, a lot of things have changed. Uh, a lot of young people are much more concerned by the environment and the issues stand up. Mm. Uh, you still have to be careful because there's some things you can't say and you have to be, I mean, also on social media, there is, uh, but uh, at least there is a, 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 a rising awareness about all these issues and uh, Indonesia will, will stand in front, I mean, in the coming years. So I'm very, very hopeful. There's a lot of things that have changed in the, let's say, in the right direction, uh, and they're so lucky to have you and, and the difference that you're making there at the moment. So that's that's amazing. Now, I have to ask you, um, can you define for me what ethical means to you? Oh, yeah. So for me, it's like, uh, yeah, when I when I think about this word, like about what I, you know, a bit about moral values or things like that, but that's just like a definition. For me, it's more about living by your values and, and just being yourself and being in alignment with mm. uh, what you represent, what you think, what you fight for, basically. So uh, that's for me, that's ethics. I mean, that's what I think is just to be yourself and, and also um, just have the courage to say no and to not trying to please, you know, being who you are. And uh, um, I'm, I'm working on, on these things right now. So, okay, define what you are free, you know, what you are, what are your free values, what you standing for you know because i'm i'm training for um kind of a tedx talk kind of stuff uh still still training eh? but, <laughs> uh so, so 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 it's a good thing and one of the things we discuss is also yeah about with us what do you want the people what do you want to leave the people with and what do you stand for so that that is for me what is uh, uh the ethical yeah because when you are like um, and, and, and like, I mean, that's when you contact me as so I just read the title, that is okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, it seems to be a, a cool thing, but, uh, it's about, yeah, how, how you, how you live by your, your, your values. And, uh, yeah, for me, it's more and more be, being passionate and, you know, like, uh, also, uh, caring, you know, giving mm. back because I, I've learned that a lot, not that I was not before, but I mean, in this world, we see so much shit. I mean, especially now so much poverty that. I'm so lucky and I, that I know what, what I can do. And that's for me, it's just normal to try to, with my, what I've learned, to try to give back in that way. And it's through the filter, it's through a few other things. But uh, yeah, it's to, to have that, that courage stand there and, and do your work. So that's what is for me ethical. Couldn't agree more. Now, uh, what are your future plans um, in growing uh, social impact? Um, and and what's, what's ahead in the future for you? Yeah, so my, 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 my plans are, are big and I said uh, um, it's, it's just a matter of time. I mean, uh, I've written that already like since two, three years in my strategy. For me now, it's simply to develop the eastern part of Indonesia, which is in poor, like uh, a region we call NTT, which is Nusa Tenggara Timur, which are the islands of Flores, beautiful islands actually, Sumba, uh, Timor, and you also have Sulawesi. Um, so, so, so this area, I've already started. It's just that um, with the disasters we've got, like Lombok or things like that, I mean, I've been busy with these. Um, now with COVID, it's the same thing. It's a bit complicated with so few travel restrictions. We can kind of travel inside Indonesia, but it, it's complicated. So, uh, But this will happen. It's just a matter of time. I'm very focused and dedicated on that. I have my plans. I know what I want to do. I have already a lot of contacts set up. 
And uh, some of these projects are a lot linked with schools also, with education, reducing of production of plastic, uh, especially in uh, big schools in Flores. I've already started to, now schools are closed, so the person is on the halt. But mm. um, there are, for instance, two schools in Labuan Bajo, which is a huge, uh, it's the entry point of Flores where a lot of people come to the Komodo dragons and to go and dive and stuff like that. But there's a lot of kids there who love to learn. And there's two huge schools with 1,500 kids each. 1,500 is more than 3,000 kids who are learning about tourism in a small vocational school. And uh, you cannot imagine the amount of plastic around that school mm. what they consume. So, and with the, the little shops inside. So what we're trying to do is bring these filters there, uh, educate about the plastic, why, why it's better to bring uh, like your own bottles. So we also have a program trying to get it sponsored by some corporates right now about like getting the tumbler. So they can just come and fill the filter at the uh, little shop. And the lady will also um, still make some earning. Actually, should earn more than selling the small packaged plastic little cup, you know, of 250 yeah. ml, which is horrible because you have four types of plastic. You have the straw, you have the yep. thing around the straw, and oh, my God. So so, so it's all about bringing that awareness. And it, it's it's already um, uh, it's almost there. We, uh, we, we're finalizing negotiations with schools about this. So this is kind of things I'm doing. Um, and then, yeah, my, my bigger vision is to have in five to ten years everyone having a filter there in, in the eastern parts and also in, all over Indonesia. And then the next continent is Africa. We already actually, with uh, the product, we're quite active. We've started a few things there and um, on the eastern part of Africa. So that's the next, pl- the next place to go and be because, yeah, that's also uh, in terms of, uh, unfortunately, what we call infant mortality, kids below five years old who die from waterborne diseases. Africa is number one, Southeast mm. Asia is number two. So, um, yes, we still have a lot of work there too, and, uh, but that's, that's our plans. And uh, I'm, I'm very happy with what I do. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to live in a beautiful place and just trying to, from here, uh, bring these things yeah, to, to these different regions. I can't wait to see what you do in Africa. I really can't. Um, we'll have to catch up again and, and find out about that because that is super exciting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I was there last year actually, and um, I was there for uh, Congress. I uh, love it because uh, it's called Social Enterprise World Forum. So I was. <laughs> I felt a bit less lonely uh, in the sense when you're an entrepreneur, you're always a bit lonely. You have uh, ups and downs like everyone, and uh, oh, so many great things happening in the world. So many great people, and you connect, and you're trying to. Yeah, to find synergies, uh, people from all over the world, from Canada, from Australia, from Africa. And it was the first time that they were talking about social entrepreneurship on the African continent in such a way. And it was in Ethiopia, in Addis Abeba. Uh, the Prime Minister just got the Nobel Prize, um, the Peace Nobel Prize, just a couple of weeks before. So the country was euphoric about it. It was really good timing. It was, end of, uh, it was in October last year. Uh, just before COVID hit, and uh, I was lucky to be there. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, we have a few projects there in that country. We actually also uh, plan to basically produce there, not just in Indonesia. And uh, also, um, yeah, like um, a few other countries on the East Coast, like Kenya, Uganda, we, we have some plans and already some a few sales and trying to develop there right now. So um yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Again, again, we have to be patient because of, yeah, COVID is a worldwide issue and mm. it has uh, a bit uh, slowed down the things in, in some places. But, uh, yeah, it, it's just a matter of time. I mean, I'm super motivated and determined to do it. So it's going to happen. 
Awesome. Can't wait. Now, if people want to find out more about what you do and actually support you, how can they do that? Uh, yeah, just follow me on the social media. So it's a Social Impact with a K, S-O-C-I-A-L-I-M-P-A-K-T. So that's um, on Instagram, Facebook, like this. And then uh, my website is www.social-impactwithak.com. Yep. Uh, I also have a fundraiser going on right now. If you want to give uh, to, yeah, filters for these people in Bali and uh, in also in Lombok. I'm doing a bit in Lombok too right now. So uh, it's uh, donorbox.org, uh, clean water for Bali. Uh, you can find it on my Instagram. This is in my uh, on my link there on my bio. So uh, this is basically twenty dollars um, American or thirty Australian, uh, roughly, and you you give a, a water filter and uh, clean water to a family for three years. Yeah, that's amazing. And and really, what most people spend on coffee in a week, I think, um, here in Australia, um, they could actually give a family a filter for a few years, and I think. Wow, that's incredible value for money. It is, it is. That's also why I started this. And um, I'm very, again, I'm very happy and fortunate. I just uh, need to be, you know, keep, keep not the motivation, but like also because I work a lot, yeah, to keep, uh, I mean, good care of your own self, you know, about yeah. uh, uh, basically uh, being able to give. And uh, because we meet a lot of people, we, we, we take, some risks also for sure mm. but uh it's all about these things it's uh it, it's keeping the right pace and also finding the right people and i'm always a strong believer in collaboration and that's also why i want to work with people like sam and others mm. on the environmental side but right now with that covid situation i work with 20 different organizations on this island and i just decided to do that it's my it was from the beginning i saw that i said together we're stronger and there's no need to reinvent the wheel so with all these food organizations, I'm asking them, hey, look, when you go on the field, tell me where are the water issues, where can I help most? And then they, when they have that in mind, they ask, and then we know. So we know just like the power of the, the people. And the great thing is when we do a water and, and food distribution together and people love it. And then we you know, I also train their teams, so I don't need always to be there. To do the the training because for my yeah food is people know how to eat but like you know the the, the filter you need still to explain how to install it a bit mm. to 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 take care of it the maintenance and cleaning once a week things like that so there's a 10 15 minute uh, training uh, to go through so uh, yeah it's also to delegate that and it's just trying like getting with as many with the people and the resources to be as let's say, as efficient as possible because it's a fantastic technology and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm still busy because I've been quite successful with my, my, my current fundraiser and I've, I've, I've put more than about 1,000, close to 1,100 units already on the field. I have another 500 to put, maybe more, depending on if I get more money in and for sure it will be more. But uh, in the next couple, two or three more weeks, yeah, it will be probably done so uh that's that's where people can help it's it's very simple uh just just find me on the social media and we'll we'll connect and all any information you want i can give you awesome we'll um we'll share some links um through ethical change agency for you as well um and speaking of collaboration we're actually going to also connect you with some other people working in indonesia who could probably help you along your way as well uh who have been guests on the show so um that would be awesome, yeah. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll chat to you off air and I'll um, explain to you how that will work. 
Um, now I've got my last big question for you. Are you ready? <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what's the change you'd like to see in the world, and how can we bring it to life? Hmm. Yeah, that's a big one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you were right. Um, okay, so what I love to see is basically, especially in these troubled times where a lot of people have issues in terms of, okay, what's the future going to bring? I mean, it's a lot of uncertainty. Mm. Um, it, it, it's basically, yeah, I mean, choosing what you want in life and I can't say choose your camp, but like, kind of you know trying to get out of the fear you know yeah um so uh i know it's easily said and but there, there is various mindsets to have i think and just just you know we're going to go through this anyway um so 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 for me the the, the change i want to see is that this covid brings really a, um like this pandemic that really brings a change in consciousness and in people that they just basically uh, understand that we need to to act in a different way, and that we need to totally change our kind of way of living, uh, of consuming, of using plastic, of just the, the things which are not sustainable anymore. And that at least if yeah, if COVID can bring something good, or so this pandemic is that. Uh, I think um, a lot of people have realized that uh, it will never be uh, the same as before. And I also say to younger generations and, and people, you know, just try uh, and also to whatever the educational system is and stuff. It's just like, you know, create your own job. I mean, it's going to be a different world. Don't wait uh, to get a job or, yeah, you know, I mean, there is so many things to do, so many opportunities. Um, there's the, the, the planet needs a lot of healing, needs a lot of things to, 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 to happen. And there's so many, like, uh, let's say change makers that I see and young people. I'm very proud of that also here in this country. So I just wouldn't encourage people to just think a bit differently out of the box and how can you contribute to the world and also in the same time uh, making a business out of it and monetize it because for sure we all need to live, yeah? So um, it means to find something sustainable to do uh, and that will have an impact. So uh, what I'm trying to do the last couple of years. So um, yeah, that's what I really, really want to see and uh, I really think that with the younger generations and like what I see around me here in this environment, that will happen. Uh, but it needs um, uh, consistency and people need to be driven by that and really having that vision. Wow. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I remember when the uh, pandemic first started, I don't know if you remember, but when Europe shut down and they were saying that the canals in Venice were crystal clear and there were dolphins and all this kind of stuff and the environment was actually starting to recover because people were being locked away. Um, and it really made me see that what you do today impacts my tomorrow. It doesn't matter that you're in Bali and I'm in Brisbane we're all on the same planet. So I yeah. think now more than ever we can really visually see how one person's actions impact so many. Correct. Uh, also because there's more scrutiny on it and uh, because the, yeah, the planet is kind of uh, at a halt. Mm. And then when there is movement of what people do, yeah, you, 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 you see more. 
and I, I think that's the beauty of it. And also what technology brings us makes us flow so we can have this conversation. It's very easy. Um, and and, and what, what I see is like, it's just a virtuous circle. I have a friend of mine who just helped me, just an example, who helped me um, doing my, my, my video for my crowdfunding. We had some shootings from last year. We did a bit of things here in Ubud where the empty markets. And job in one week we got the video and so because and he just came to hey how can I help I mean yeah I think I'm going to do a fundraiser I can't sit here and do nothing I mean mm. my product has a huge benefit and then he said uh, oh I think I still have some footage from last year and he's just doing uh, coaching on environmental stuff and he gives thirty percent back to causes like mine or others so he has seven or eight on his website and then when COVID started he started to do webinars and then he just he made a video for me. Uh, kind of for free because he loves what I do. Uh, I mean, that video for sure brings in money because it was, it's a good video. You need to have good content if you want to fundraise and there's a lot of things, there's a lot of techniques also there. And then uh, he started to fundraise 500 euros for me and for other causes. He's done three, four causes since the pandemic started and he created a community of, uh, let's say, like-minded people, uh, like uh, digital conservationists, people who know about uh, wildlife people who know about in, uh, the ocean and create a community and and create and then gave some webinars for ten dollars and then this would go to causes so it's a fantastic model so it's, mm. it's all these virtuous things because people the power of, of the social media and how you can if you use it in a good way can support causes like mine others uh, also a lot of wildlife uh, causes he's supporting here in Indonesia and also animals and things so that's great uh, but it's just a system that he, he created and, and you need to change, you know, um, the, the model mm. and, uh, and basically shift. And he did it in a, in a, in a, in a very, very smart way. And so, so it supported a lot of things and, uh, he's, um, it's called a uh, manual and he's, um, check it out. It's coaching for course, like a course. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's doing fantastic content and really trying to get these people together and um, like the other day, there was an oil spill in Mauritius. I wouldn't have heard about it if he, he, he hadn't brought attention to it as a terrible thing. And was, he was working together with the, the main um, uh, conservation restoration uh, association there to try to fundraise for, for this horrible oil spill uh, in, the, uh, in the ocean. So there's a lot of things that he can, when he brings attention to it and, and supporting it for, for, for the good of the planet. So that's the power of... Um, uh, like social media and it's a, it's about inspiring the people and then getting a tribe and then with that tribe you have a, a stronger voice and then you have also better ideas and then you do some brainstorming and and, and, and you bring good stuff so so there's a lot lot to do and and also in terms of monetizing it I mean I'm sure there's ways mm. to, to create a model and he's just for instance he created a, a after a while a subscription model and that's it and then he has a few uh, people who uh, subscribe to his monthly um, webinars and also uh, their panel discussions. So there's a lot of value and a lot of content. There's a lot of work, but it, it's yeah. great. I mean, it's helping. It's helping the people to 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 get some more awareness about the situation of the planet. And it's not about being an activist or whatever. It's just about making the right choices and about trying to uh, get get you with your own skills in your in. Uh, help and have an impact because we have much more than we than than we think. People um, people should um, basically 
uh, unfortunately, there's always a little voice in your head there, oh, I can't do this, can't do that. No, no, no. Have confidence in yourself and things mm. will happen. It's, it's, it, it's very important. I also had to do that. I mean, even if I had experience and stuff, I, it's, not, it's different to change your life totally and get an, a paycheck for 20 years and say, oh, that's not anymore. How do I do now? Mm. I need to I need to make my own money and my own living, but for sure, and uh, it takes a bit of time, adaptation, and then you find your ways. But it, it's just about doing it and and not be scared. And and I always say, what's what's the worst case scenario? You just look at it. Okay, maybe I have to change and do something different, but it's not the end of the world. So just by looking at the what would be the worst, you can see actually it's not that bad. Actually, I mean I can only win from it and and do good things. So yeah, that's how I, I, I that's my, my biggest dream. I mean I think I think a lot of people uh see that now and I, I really hope that this um uh let's say what's happening today in the world will push the people to to, to, to do more and to do better and have their own willpower of changing things. Yeah. We have to. We have to. We can't we can't accept like um uh, unfortunately there are things which will drive, like for traveling will be the numbers, will be the, the country's open, not open. You can't really push that. I mm. mean, that's unfortunate. You, you depend on this, but all the rest you can push to, to change it. And if things don't, you don't agree with, you just voice it. That's it. And I think, you know, there is this collective change that, that I speak of and that is my mission um, and that is the mission of this podcast. And I think there is an evolution happening. People are waking up and the change is happening. And I am so glad uh, to have had the opportunity to catch up with you today and um, I can't wait to see, um, you know, the growth uh, in your product uh, through other countries. And thank you so much for being a part of the Ethical Evolution. Thank you so much, Bindi. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And, uh, yes, let's keep in touch. And thanks for, for the opportunity and uh, what you do also is very important to give us voice and to – to, to have these fantastic people on the podcast that listen to a couple and it's, it's really very inspiring. Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution podcast. If you're an ethical business owner, change maker or holistic healer who's determined to make a change in the world and you need support to spread your message, visit ethicalchangeagency.com to collaborate. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Electric acid.